long. Um, my name is Patsy. This is my husband, Scott. And it is a true privilege for us to be here this morning, especially sharing um, the stage this morning with other South American friends. What a privilege to meet you. We've heard about your school. It's connected to our mission as well, and just really a, a, a huge blessing for us. Who in this audience today is 12 years old? Anybody? Well, no. 12. I just want to say, Beth, that your story resonated with me because I was a 12-year-old sitting in a church like this in Niverville, Manitoba, and I heard missionaries speak about Peru, and my heart just opened. And I knew that one day I was going to be in South America, and I started dating this guy, and my mom and dad said, time to go check it out before you say yes. And uh, so I went on a short-term mission. It changed my life. I always thought it would be Peru. It's Brazil. That's okay. Um, but since I was 12 years old, I had a passion for that. Okay, so. Oh, there we are. Okay. Um, we work really well together. Yeah. <laughs> it's all this technology. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this is Scott and I. Um, let me just give you a brief update. We've sort of been connected to the Halliburton area um, in our hearts at least since 2004. We had seen through Providence's website, Providence College's website, that there was this camp called Mediba out in Halliburton, Ontario. We didn't know much about it. Um, but Scott and I had the opportunity in 2004 to be in Kananaskis um, at a camping, Christian Camping Association. And we met a man named Bruce Dunning and opened the way for us to come and to do the LDP, now Prosago program. Um, Scott studied and... As far as I know, I think we're the only family that's ever done it. But it was an amazing experience, and it was a sabbatical for us because we had been working with camping ministry in Brazil at that point for nine years. And um, so it was a wonderful year. We learned a lot. Um, it was met great for our people, family. We met a lot, a lot of, of people. Yeah. So that's sort of our connection to the Halliburton area. Uh, since then, we've been back in Brazil. We've now just celebrated 20 years of ministry in Brazil. Um, in camping ministry. We started when we were 15. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, our oldest son, Caleb, says he's going to actually have a plaque, a wooden plaque made for us. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so we've been in Brazil um, for 20 years. We have three kids. Uh, Caleb, this is a picture of Caleb recently taken in China. He is, I put, working to travel because he is in that stage where he's just loving planning his next trip, which is great. Um, Mookie is our middle son. He is engaged and going to be married in December to Ana, who is a Brazilian girl. They're being married in Brazil and then moving to Manitoba um, together as a couple. And then our youngest daughter is still here with us today. Her name is Hannah, and she is planning to move to Canada in July. So that means we're going to be empty nesters in Brazil and continuing on with the work of camp ministry there. So um, we work, our ministry is called Quest. And when we were planning and deciding how we were going to expand the camping ministry within Brazil, uh, because we had been working at a camp and we were moving out, and how, what name were we going to give it? So we decided on the name Quest. And that was through prayer and consideration. And so we decided, because quest for us meant a journey, an expedition, uh, 
going after something. Um, and so that is what we feel everybody is on. All of us are on a quest of some form. We're going after something. And so we want to, as a ministry, as, as individuals, encourage people that that quest should ultimately be after a life with Jesus and having Christ in the center of your lives. And so that is why we've decided on that name. Now, we'd like to share, go ahead, Kelly, um, where we are. So this is just a kind of an overhead view of our camp, uh, the property. And um, we're at the top, on the right-hand side of the photo, that's the top of the ridge of some, they're not very high mountains, but of the mountains. And where the little red mark is, that's pretty much the only area we have open. The rest is jungle, uh, like jungle. When you get in there, you don't see the sky. Um, GPS doesn't work on your phone unless you have a really tall stick. Uh, so that just kind of gives you an idea of our property. We have about 50 acres and just a small area. If you go onto Google Maps and you look at that too, you can see. So that's more of an, uh, a little bit further out view. And so we sit on the top of that ridge of mountains. To the left is the city of Schrader. That's the city that we live in at this point. And to the right, you can see a little bit larger. It's the beginning of an urban area. That's a city of about 600,000 people called Joinville, um, the largest city in our state. So that just gives you a little bit of an idea where we're located. We're about an hour and a half south of Curitiba uh, in, in Brazil. Continue on. And what do we do? So we're a, we're a summer camp, um, very much similar to Madiba in that way, but our summers happen in January. So we're heading into summer camp season pretty quick. Um, here's just a couple of pictures. Um, we love just to have fun with the kids, obviously. We love to teach using drama. And so the picture on the right is from this last summer where we took the... Uh, we, we, our, our theme was called History... And we kind of made a, we made a T-shirt out of it, and it's his story. And we wanted to bring the life of Jesus alive for the kids. And so we took the two little men from the movie A Night at the Museum, the little Roman soldier and the cowboy, and uh, they became large figures, and they were able to live out with Jesus, who's the man in the middle, a, a person that we dressed up as someone to represent Jesus, and so Jesus would walk around during the camp and just do things. All of a sudden, he'd heal someone. And the kids were all around, and they saw it. And then just a couple seconds after Jesus had left, the Roman soldier and the cowboy show up and say, what's going on? And then they were able to explain from a Roman point of view, from when Jesus was actually around, and from an actual point of view of today, what exactly had happened and, and doing all the teaching. So... We like to do that because the kids just to grab on. And so that's a real cool thing that we do. And just one little interesting story about that. The Saturday night, so our camps go from Tuesday to Sunday. The Saturday night at campfire, Jesus was there with everyone. And the guards came in and took him away. And they were going to take him to be crucified. And he was explaining that to the kids. Don't worry. The kids were crying. They were just sobbing because... Jesus was leaving, and they understood where he was going. And it was wonderful. It was a wonderful teaching moment. Sunday morning, where this picture was taken, the, the, the soldier and the cowboy were talking to each other. It's like, 
you know, what happened there last night? And they're trying to kind of evaluate what, what went on. And Jesus came out. And the kids just cheered. They just loved it. And so it was the opportunity to just explain how Christ came back and how he's our Savior uh, is just an amazing way that we can use summer camps as a tool. We uh, also do marriage retreats, couples retreats, maybe in a little different form than some of you are used to, but we have everyone camp. Each couple brings a tent and they set it up. Some of that is a ex- new experience for some people. And, Sometimes uh, just setting up the uh, tent is marriage work enough. And, and we try to use different activities and challenges for the couples to work through uh, um, as we do can that. I just I just want a quick uh, note. Actually, I think Becky was part of this. Um, when Scott did the LDP program 12 years ago, Scott and I did a cooperative activity, which I think is called Jacob's Ladder at Mediba. Some of you may have done it. But we were one of the first, uh, first two people to go up. And we had two young girls um, taking, uh, doing the belaying and so forth and taking care of us and facilitating it. And it really impacted our marriage. It was a moment that we came down. I don't know if you remember that, Becky, but it was a very emotional experience for Scott and I, um, one that we clearly saw our roles in marriage being played out on a simple cooperative activity. And we just thought that was really powerful. And so that was sort of our dream. If God ever gave us the chance to do marriage retreats, we wanted to do it in a very experiential way. Um, and it's been really fantastic to see God use the adventure side um, with him and also in marriage ministry. So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we do father-son retreats. This was, We did our first one this year. And I just had a great time. And mm-hmm. so there's a couple of pictures. Um, and ironically enough... Uh, the men usually are a little bit more afraid of coming out to camp than the little guys. So that's kind of where it works. Uh, mother-daughter retreats, lots of fun just to see mothers and daughters connect. Continuing on, uh, women's retreats, and we have different themes for that. Men's retreats as well, um, where some of these men, if you're seeing them chop a, a log up there, they've never had an axe in their hand before. We live in a very urban society where we are, um, and risk management here in Canada is a little different than in Brazil. So the picture on the right-hand side, Steve, sorry about this one, but uh, we, just, we made some uh, kind of carts, tied up the, the pedals on them, and let them head down the hill with, with a helmet. No, nobody got seriously injured, so <laughs> it was a lot At of fun. At least everyone left being able to talk about it. Yeah, it was, exactly. Yeah. So um, with, that, with that whole idea... We've been doing our ministry itinerant. We've been renting out, uh, renting places, retreat centers. We've got an amazing VW van that takes us everywhere. Takes yeah. us everywhere. A trailer if we need it. Our program goes with us. And this year, we get to start on our own property. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on the building called the Panapana, which you can see there, refers to a habitat for butterflies. And we have an amazing diverse amount of species mm-hmm. in our area. And the blue morpho, the picture that you see there, is, is one of three areas in, in the world that have that butterfly. And we happen to be privileged to have, it's about this big, and it just floats. And that blue iridescent, you, you just see it from against the green of the jungle. Whoever uh, wants to see it come out in April. April is... We also accept teams, so it's always, it's always good. Um, so that's what we've been working on very hard for the last couple of years. 
And uh, I think there might be a picture of the building. Yes. So this is, it's not, it's a little bit further than this already, uh, but that's the idea. We have two floors there that will give us a, a dining hall. And I don't know if there's any, and here's a picture of our chapel. And just to give you an idea, that whole building, uh, most of it is brick and concrete. It's about 8,000 square feet between the two floors. And we've built the entire building with a portable generator. Uh, hydro is to be hooked up this week. And so... <laughs> oh, <laughs> God is so good. I, you have no idea. <laughs> and and I, we want to just share one little thing in terms of our ministry and how... I might even get a bit emotional, but how your church came in at the exact time that God wanted this church to, for us to become partners. Uh, now, let me just explain the story. Hannah, our youngest daughter, is turning 18 at the end of this year. And for those of you that are able to experience the wonderful government of Canada and our child tax benefit that helps us out immensely every month, uh, for us it's going to end at the end of the year. And uh, we were thinking, how are we going to raise that support to to cover that amount, which happens to be $450. And so uh, we received from through Dan and through the church uh, an application form to, if we were interested in, in applying and, and being a part of your missions, uh, missions par- uh, partnership. And we filled it out, I believe it was in September, and we kind of just let it go. Our, our time was busy, and we just kind of let it go. Hit summer camp in January, busy time. And at the end of January, we're thinking, okay, we're going to Canada at the, towards fall, the, the middle to end of the year, and we're going to be needing to raise this money. And how are we going to do that? So we are praying and, and asking God to give us strategies, give us ideas on how, how we could present that. And... Uh, we had just started praying maybe about a week, and we got a, a, an email from some supporters of ours, and they were going to double their support. So it was going to go from 50 to $100 a month. And Patsy looked at me and said, all right, that's $50. We only have 400 left. It's like, right on. Okay, okay, God, we're going to continue to pray. And two days later, we get an email from the church, and you guys said, we're going to come on. You've been accepted as part of our missions partners for $400 a month. Thank you. And uh, that is only a reflection of God's grace in our lives. And we could stand here for hours and hours and tell you about God's faithful stories. And sometimes we think, is it time to come back to Canada? And our oldest son said, you think you're in the right place? I'm like, yeah. God's confirmation is so, so clear at times, yeah. Okay. Okay, how much time do we have? Because we could tell stories all day, so we have to be careful. No, I, till when? 10 after 11? Okay, let's give her. Oh, my word. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, um, Quest Brazil, you can keep going. Okay, when we were living, actually, in Halliburton, a friend of ours bought us these little letter, you know, cut-out letters out of wood, you know, and the, the word spells adventure, which we have up in our in our kitchen, in our dining hall, or dining room in our house, Following Christ, and anyone who's spent any time with us knows that our life with Christ is an adventure. And this year at our father and son retreat, we did follow the theme, uh, follow the leader as the theme, which is a simple game that kids used to play. I don't know if they still play that. It was just so incredibly simple. And yet when Jesus says, follow me, 
we often are like, well, actually, could you just follow me? And Jesus said, no, come follow me. And when we truly do that, when we say yes to Jesus Christ and follow, our life will truly become an adventure. One of the lessons we've learned recently, not recently, but (laughs) continually, is that God's ways and his thoughts are so much higher and they're perfect, Um, which includes his timing as well. There's going to be a verse coming up. Um, I'd love for you guys to read that out loud with me, if you could, please. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when we, we look at this verse, and when we moved to Brazil, to this section of the country, we thought, okay, we're going to be building a camp, so what do we need to do? Well, first we need to buy land, then we need to build, and then we're going to go. We're going to, once we do all of that, then we can start ministry. And that just didn't happen. It didn't happen. We were raising money here in Canada, and we actually had enough money to purchase a piece of property. But with the laws and the bureaucracy, we couldn't use Canadian money for capital uh, in Brazil. So we had, to, we had to start raising money in Brazil to buy this piece of land. And we were going after it. And money was coming in, but slowly. Trickling. Trickling in. Really. But it was coming in, and we were just like wondering, what are we going to do? And we'd been raising money for months and just nothing, nothing, nothing. And then we had had a meeting with a, with a gentleman that said he was going to give us a response on a fairly large donation. And nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And so at that time in our lives, we were a little bit less busy. We used to get up in the morning and we would go for a walk, the two of us. And that was our time for prayer. And we were just like, I was at my... I, I was exhausted of my resources, of my thoughts, my creativity. I just, I had nothing left. And we were planning on coming to Canada shortly thereafter, and we were going to be reporting to our churches, to our supporters. And what were we going to say? So I basically just yelled at God, and I said, God, we need an answer. Yes or no, but we need an answer, and I need it now. Like, now. And I was upset. I was upset with God. I often wonder what our neighbors thought of us walking there, but that's okay. It's true. And I was speaking very much like a Brazilian, so my hands were all over the place. And I got home, we got home, and about 20 minutes after we got home, I got a phone call from this gentleman. He said, can you get to my office within the next half an hour? Yes, yes, I'll be there, I'll be there. And he wrote me out a check for the amount of the property that we needed yet, and 10,000 reais more. Because he said, you're going to need some money for transfer costs and all these things. And God answered my prayer like that. And so our plans were all small, 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 small in terms of doing what we needed to do because we had all the ideas. But when God stepped in and said, no, no, let me take care of that for you. Then we just saw how God guides us in that way. And then just a continuation of that story Later on, talking with who's our senior pastor now, he said, you know what? If you would have done it that way, it would have never worked. Because in our culture where we live in Brazil, there's a lot of European influence. And he said, you can't just come in and expect them to just buy into your thing until you build credibility, until you build relationships. And so with our itinerant ministry and, and building relationships and having contact with so many people, they saw that we weren't giving up. 
And they saw that we were there for the long haul. And that credibility built up into donations, into people wanting to, to do camps with us, to do retreats with us. And um, so that's just how God guides us in so many ways. Yeah, we have a father that guides with wisdom for certain. The next lesson that we have that we wanted to share with you is that we have a God who transforms in love. And I want to tell you a little story about a couple named Charlize and Monica, and I'm not changing their names. They don't mind if I tell their stories using their names. They came to one of our marriage retreats, and Charlize and Monica um, were not believers. And we have very evangelistic marriage retreats. So he arrived, Charlie's arrived, and he was stressed out. Like, think of a person that you know that is just anxious. So he was constantly smoking. He was super But he'd always anxious. go behind the big building to do that. Yeah. When stick um, around. And he looked like he did not want to be there. But he was there. And uh, we had we have a couple of young staff members that we include on our team, even when we're doing marriage retreats. I think that single people can minister into married people's lives. So Carlos was there, one of our staff members, and Carlos has come through a life of addiction, of drugs and alcohol. And so he started chatting with Charles at the uh, retreat. And he talked about how he was able to break his addiction um, with smoking and drugs and so forth. And I... I thought, that's great. We started praying for them. And the following year, without us knowing, Charlie's, at 36 years old, had a heart attack. And God used that to catch him, catch, get, get his attention. And then, shortly after his heart attack, he was a passenger in a car in a very, very serious car accident. But God spared his life. And at that point, Charlie's could no longer argue that God was taking care of him. And he gave his life over to Christ. The following summer, his wife came. Um, she's a nurse, so she came and worked in our camp for a week. And Charlie's showed up three times at camp throughout the week, you know, just to see his wife. But every time he came, he wanted to serve. Is there something I can do? Is there something I can do to help? And I saw this man. Just Well, we saw this man just being changed from the inside out. Um, just in August now, we had our third marriage retreat, and I was leading the trekking part of the retreat, so I did the, the, the same um, walk four times. But Charlie's was in, and Monica were in one of my groups, and we got up to the waterfall, and basically what I had asked the couples was just to remain in silence, just to do some reflection, um, just take in the beauty of God's creation. And so he was there, and suddenly he, he came up beside me, and he just said, could I just have a word with the, with the other couples? And I'm like, sure. So we called everybody together, and he proceeded to give his testimony of how God has changed his life. I mean, in his eyes, he understands it's Christ that's changed him, but he's so grateful to Quest because that has been his journey. He's now in, involved in a church, which is wonderful, and a Bible study group in his city, but he said to the couples, don't ever miss a marriage retreat. Come every year. You always learn new things. God has always got something to teach you. And for me, it was just so special to see a God. He didn't transform Charlie's without pain or suffering, but he still, he transformed him in love. And he was, we had the privilege to be a part of that transformation. 
And thirdly, we have a God who teaches and instructs with patience. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, you can take over. Yeah, so there is a verse, I will give you a new heart and yeah, put sorry. a new spirit. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Um, sorry, that that is just how how we see God softening hearts, mm-hmm. like in Charlie's in Charlie's case. And as we continue on, there actually the the Quest T-shirt on the right hand side that's Charlie's, yeah. and to the left of him is is Monica, his wife, yeah. and just a wonderful couple. And uh, God has just used used so many people in their lives to, and now they are being used as well. Continuing yeah. on, I, and a God who instructs with patience. Wow, I mean. God has had a lot of patience with me and with us. And um, our marriage, within our marriage, within our personal lives, you know, God teaches us things a lot every day. And if we're open to hear those things, he will continue to also remind us what he's already taught us. How many of you actually learn new things every day? That's, that's excellent. How many of you are reminded of things that you already know every day? Yeah. The Bible actually speaks to that in John chapter 14, verse 26, if you can switch up. Yeah. The counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus speaking, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus has promised to us. So the Holy Spirit is there to teach and to instruct, but also to remind us of so many things. Um, Three years ago, Scott and I had the opportunity to celebrate 25 years of marriage. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I had big dreams of, like, going out to Greece and stuff. But that, you know, and then we looked at our budget. And I was, okay, we'll stay in Brazil. <laughs> so where are we going to go? Um, but we actually gave ourselves one year, uh, one week, one year, one week of holidays. And we decided to go to Manaus. I don't know if you've been to Manaus. Yeah. Um, Manaus is a city that is the gateway to the Amazon. So basically, you fly out of Brasilia, and you fly for about three hours over a big head of broccoli. That's what it looks like. It's called the Amazon Rainforest, as I'm sure you've heard. And it is enormous. And suddenly, out of nowhere, there's these two massive rivers, um, the Solomon River and the Rio Negro. I'll just speak in Portuguese. It's easier. And uh, they meet at a city called Manaus. Manaus wouldn't be a place that most people would choose to celebrate 25 years at, but we are not most people. And so we went, and I said, I have heard so much about the Amazon my whole entire life, and especially living in Brazil. And they always talk about the fruit and all the foods that are different. And I'm like, I'm going to go there, and I am going to enjoy all these. No bananas, no oranges, no apples. I'm going to enjoy the fruit. So I got there. And I went into the first restaurant. I'm like, give me something new. Anything. I'm going to try anything. So they gave me this combination, which I discovered later. Actually, they gave me the sandwich, and I chose the juice. And it's the combination that is not a good idea. And I got extremely sick. And for those of you who know me well, I actually ate McDonald's the rest of the week. I do not support McDonald's. But in those circumstances, it was something else. Why did we want to go to Manaus? It's not a city that has a lot to offer, but it has this incredible phenomenon. Um, No, can you keep it on the other slide, please? 
that is called the meeting of the waters. Do you want to explain so why here this occurs? So here is a picture. There's already together the Rio Negro and what they would... In our... In, 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 I think in all of the world, they would call it the, the Amazon River coming down from Peru already. But in Brazil, they call it the Rio Solimões. So it's, it's basically the Amazon River. But the, the Rio Negro and the Rio Solimões, they meet together in Manaus. And because of the difference of the water, so the Rio Negro is the black water. It's an acidic water. It's a little bit warmer. It flows a little bit quicker. Um, and it meets together with the Rio Solimões, which on the left-hand side you see. When you see it right up close, it looks like a latte, some coffee and milk together. Mm-hmm. It's way more, there's way more sediment in it. It has a huge diversity of, of species. Um, it, it flows at a different speed. It's a different temperature. So these two rivers, they flow side by side for about six kilometers before they actually meet and so when we saw this from over top, when we flew in, it was just like, oh, that's amazing. And then we actually had an opportunity to go on a, on a boat and, um, and see all that. And we created... And when we were flying out, we flew over it again. And now you can go on to the next slide. You see the meeting at the, at, the, at the one end, but you see the two rivers coming with their very distinct colors. And as we were flying out, we actually grabbed the napkin that was on the, in, the, in the airplane and we started scribbling down ideas for a marriage retreat. Because imagine one river being Scott and one river being Patsy. And look at all the tributaries that run into each of those rivers that make up the river. And some of those tributaries, as we were you know, sightseeing around there, are disgustingly polluted. And others are beautifully clean. And when you start thinking about our lives, I've had tributaries in my life where, you know, that were polluted, and so has Scott. And I've had others that were beautiful and clean, and so has Scott. And then suddenly we have this thing called marriage. And we're supposed to instantly get along. But it doesn't work that way. I mean, any of us who are married understand that it is a blending of two lives and we just as we were flying away we just god used his creation to give us an amazing marriage retreat which we've now used i think four or five times and god has done tremendous tremendous work um, through this idea and it's his creation so he instructs us he reminds us oftentimes for scott and i through his nature um, and through his word So that's a father who instructs us with patience. So that's that's what we wanted to encourage you with this morning, give you a few stories. Uh, We'll be around here later on if you want to ask us more questions or or hear from us. But we just wanted to to ask that you pray together with us. Uh, As we approach our first camp season on our own property, as we prepare for that, we... That's January 4th. Yeah, we fly out of Canada on December the 4th, and we start camp on January the 4th. So we have a month to get a few details in order. Um, and so we are also, uh, over and above finishing that off, we are in need of a, a little bit more money just to finish off a few details. And so if any of you are interested... Mostly things like sidewalks and grass on the soccer field, because we cannot do soccer. I mean, we cannot do a camp season without a soccer field in Brazil. That would be a big no-no. 
<laughs> so we need sod. <laughs> so there's a couple of things we, did, we still need to work on. Um, yeah. And so we've uh, spread out a few of our pictures around the church uh, in, the, uh, in the fellowship hall or in the library beside. And if you pick one of those up and if you want to get a hold of us, receive our emails, uh, our newsletters, just send us an email. There, it's all on the card. And we'd love to, to be in contact with you. So we just thank you so much for, for everything. Thank you for allowing us to do what we do. Because yeah. uh, we just feel that God has us exactly where He needs us to be, and uh, actually, when when our middle son, when Mookie came back to Canada, he was just installing or getting installed in his house with his brother, and he had met a couple of people and some supporters, and and they said, well, so now that you're back, and and there's only Hannah left in Brazil, when are your parents moving back? And he said, they're not moving back, and if they decide to, I'm going to buy their tickets and send them back <laughs> because. They're not, they still have a lot of ministry to be done <laughs> in Brazil. So we just feel supported by our children and by so many around us. So thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you.